Good morning. So good to see everybody. Welcome to church this weekend. Uh, it's uh, love. Always love being being in the house of God with you. My name is Josh Surratt. I serve as a lead pastor here at Seacoast. If I haven't met you, uh, we are so glad that you're here. I want to welcome all of you who are joining us online or maybe you're at one of our locations. I need to give a special shout out to the North Charleston campus. Uh, North Charleston led us in worship at first Wednesday here at the campus I'm in. And yeah, it was just so good. Blew the roof off of this place. And uh, we love you guys. So grateful you're part of this family. Uh, listen, I need all of your help this weekend for the message, both here at the campuses online. I want to know about your church background. I want to know kind of who is in the, the room, who's with us. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick little survey to find out who all is with us. How many of you grew up in a Baptist church background? Stand to your feet if you grew up Baptist. That's what I need you to stand up. Stand up at the campuses. Put it in the chat online. Okay, a lot of you guys uh, grew up Baptist. That's a fair amount of you guys. Uh, all right, you guys can sit back down. How about this one? How many of you grew up Catholic? I want the Catholics to stand up. Uh, okay, look around. That's a lot of people grew up Catholic. Uh, we kind of joke that we're one of the largest Catholic churches in town because of you guys. And you're used to you know, sitting, standing, kneeling in church, so you can sit back down. Um, how about Presbyterian? Anybody grow up Presbyterian? Stand up to your feet here at the campuses. Good job, guys. Standing up in church. Uh, even saw a hand wave. That's, that's impressive. Uh, good, good job. We're glad you guys are here. I got in trouble in one of the earlier services because I didn't mention Episcopal. So if you're Episcopal, can you guys stand up? Those of you who grew up Episcopal, there you go. Good bit of you guys. I'm not going to hit all of you, um, but you guys can sit back down. How about Pentecostals? You guys stand up with hands raised. That's right. Two hands. That's right. I see you. I see you. How many of you grew up without a church background at all? You didn't grow up with any kind of church background. Stand up. Awesome. A lot of you guys that are here today, you guys are why we exist as a church. So we're glad you guys are here as well. And so um, we're talking about the Holy Spirit today. And I just wanted you all to see what a difficult job I have uh, and, and getting all of us on the same page when it comes to that. You know, we, it's easy for us to uh, to know and see the things that, that, are, that were, are different about us, right? That, that are the differences in how we see the world and upbringings. And you guys saw that just with how we, how we came up in different religious backgrounds. Uh, but what we're doing right now is we're in a series of conversations called Common Ground, where we're looking at those things that unite us, those values, those beliefs that draw us together, that unite us. And we talked in week one about God the Father uh, we talked last week about Jesus Christ and him being the way, the truth, and the life. And this weekend, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity is, as theologians call this idea that God existed and exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And how are we, with all of these different backgrounds, going get, to get on the same page when it comes to the Holy Spirit? I need your prayer. That's what we're going for. Uh, and, and, but, but here's the deal. Because of our backgrounds... A lot of us, what is normal to you uh, and, and your upbringing is not normal to somebody else who's sitting on your row. Uh, and some of us, we've got some preconceived ideas, maybe even some baggage when it comes to who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates in our lives. And so what I want us to do is we're just going to go back to the source. We're going to look at what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? And then I hope that this will be the most practical message that you've ever heard about the Holy Spirit. We can get very mystical and there's all kinds of you know, stuff that we don't understand. I want to get really practical about how the Holy Spirit can help you and I, wants to help you and I 
in our day-to-day lives. And so let's look at what Jesus said uh, to the disciples. This is actually John 14, same chapter that we were in last week when he said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And then he began to tell them that he was getting ready to leave, but he was going to send a substitute. He said uh, in, in verses 16 and 17, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And so he's saying, hey, listen, uh, I, I am God. I've told you that I, 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 you know, I, I'm God with flesh on. You know me, so you're going to know the Holy Spirit. You're going to recognize him, but he's going to live in you. He's going he's gonna to immerse himself. And, and to say that they are disappointed <laughs> that Jesus is leaving and sending a substitute, that would be a, an understatement. They're, they're not happy about it, but he continues to tell them that, that it's coming. Two chapters later, John 16, he says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Jesus often called him an advocate. We call him the Holy Spirit. You Catholics call them what? The Holy Ghost, right? Uh, gr- growing up. But the, the advocate won't come if I don't go. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus is selling the disciples, you are going to like this guy. You're going to like this guy. It's almost like LeBron James coming to the Lakers and going, hey, I can't play in the game next week, but I'm going to send a guy I know who's really good too. Like, no, we don't want your friend, right? We want you, Jesus. The disciples they, they weren't tracking with them. They're like, no, we, we, we aren't. We, we don't know what you're talking about. Well, the very next day, Jesus is crucified, sends them into a tailspin, as you can imagine. Uh, they, they, uh, they scatter. The Bible says during his crucifixion, most of the disciples scattered. Uh, they were afraid. Peter denied him in those moments. And then three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. We'll talk more about the resurrection, one of our core values, core beliefs that we believe, rose from the dead. And then he began to make these appearances. He would show up in the disciples' lives for about 40 days. And one of the last times that he showed up, Acts chapter 1, says on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? To be baptized with water is to be immersed in water. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit is to be immersed with the Holy Spirit, with the power of God. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom uh, to Israel? So they're still confused. They still think this is about the nation of Israel. They still think this is about uh, you know, this revolution that's going to happen. And I don't know about you. I'm thankful that God uses clueless people from time to time. I, I'm, I'm one of those from time to time. And, and then he, he says to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's saying, you're getting ready to be empowered. But notice what he said. Don't go try to do what I've called you to do. Don't go try to live this life without the Holy Spirit. Go and wait. Go and wait, because when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to give you the power 
that you need. And so sure enough, in Acts chapter two, they're gathered together on the day of Pentecost, which is a, a Jewish holiday where they celebrate uh, being freed from Israel, uh, from Egypt. And that they're all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, this is the moment. They're gathered like we are in our campuses. They're gathered. They're praying. They're waiting. And the Holy Spirit comes. And it's this amazing, powerful moment where there are people gathered that speak different languages. And, and it says that uh, the, these tongues came on them. They were able to, to communicate with each other, to understand each other, even though they didn't speak the same language. And God moved in power. And it's really where the church got it's it factor. It's where the church got its power. It's where the church got all that it needed to, to accomplish what it's still accomplishing 2000 years later. And it all was born out of this moment where the Holy Spirit filled the church. And I believe that you and I, the it factor that we need to, to have the power that we need to live the lives that God has called us to, to live and the purposes that he's called us to live. We're dependent on that same power that showed up that day, but, but it's so difficult, right? To, to get our heads around. What does that mean? And how does that look? And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to take the next 20 minutes and we're going to go through seven different scenarios, situations where you're going to need the spirit's help. And, and I'm going to share with you what the spirit can do for you. And, and, and normally we would do like a three point message and, and maybe you, we'd be moving. Here's what I want you to do. Probably not all seven are going to apply to you today, but at least one or two of them will. So listen for those situations that you go, you know what, that, that describes where I am today. And then listen for how God wants to help you through that situation. So let's, let's jump in. I've got 20 minutes to do seven points. So we'll move fast. Number one, when you are confused, he will guide you. When you're confused, he will guide you. Anybody ever been confused, ever had a hard time deciding, you know, do, do I go here or do I go there? Do I stay? Do I go? Do I take this job? What major should I do? How do I vote on that? All these different situations that can be confusing at times. But, but Jesus said that when we're confused, the Holy Spirit is going to come and is going to guide us. I'll tell you, this happens to me almost every single day. I've told you this before, leading this church, uh, just under normal circumstances, I feel in over my head every day. I wake up and go, all right, God, I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. I need your direction today because I don't want to do this apart from you. Then you throw 2020 on top of that, right? Global pandemic. Church has left the building. How do we lead through that? What do we do with 180 staff across two states? How do we mobilize the church? To, that a lot of situations, I was like, God, I need, I need your help through this. Then we reopen, right? Do we, when do we reopen? And masks, no matter all these questions. It's like, man, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. I'm also thankful for John Maxwell, who said, when you're in over your head, it doesn't matter how deep the water is. And 2020, like the water was real deep, but I was already in over my head. So I was used to, used to asking God for help. When we need wisdom, when we need guidance, he's here for us. Look what Jesus said in John 16, 13. He said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He didn't say some truth. He didn't say occasional. Everything that you need, any scenario where you're confused, the Spirit of God comes. 
and he can guide us. How does that work? Because I know it's some of you, maybe you're here for a church for the first time in a long time, or maybe the first time ever, and you hear a preacher talking about God talking to them, right? Spirit told me this, Spirit told me that. Let me just kind of break it to you uh, for me. It's, it's, I've never heard the voice of God audibly. Often it's stuff that he's written in his word, and we'll talk next week about the Bible and how we can interact with the Bible uh, and understand the Bible. But, but so often the Holy Spirit's voice sounds a lot like my own voice, my own thoughts, but it will be a thought that's, that didn't originate with me. The Bible says that my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It'll be a thought. It'll kind of surface in the same way a lot of my other thoughts surface, but it'll be a, oh, that's different. I wouldn't have thought of that on my own. That, and it feels like a nudge, like the Holy Spirit will just kind of give you a nudge to, to do something, say something, reach out to somebody. That's not something that in my own selfish nature I would come up with on my own. And so we go, God, you, you said you would give me wisdom. I'm asking for it. James 1.5 says, any, any of you who lacks wisdom, ask me for it. Believe in faith, and I'll give it to you. And then you listen for that nudge, for that guidance. But we can expect him to guide us. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Number two, when you are hurting, he will comfort you. When you are hurting, he will comfort you. How many of you know that there's like hurt, right, that we all go through on a week-to-week basis? But then there's capital H-U-R-T, hurt. There are these moments that we face in our lives that are devastating. Maybe you are going through one of those moments right now. It could be the divorce that you're walking through. It could be finding out about the loss of, of a loved one, right? Devastating moments where we need God. To comfort us. Maybe for some of us, it's something that we've done. We feel like we've messed up so bad that there's no way out here. And that helpless feeling of creating a mess that you don't know how to get out of. And, and the, the Holy Spirit will come and will, will comfort us. That's the promise. I'll never forget in May of 2020, after all of the other stuff that we were dealing with, getting a phone call from my dad right after dinner saying, hey, I don't know how to tell you this, but, but your friend your mentor, your coach, our teaching pastor, Darren Patrick, is, is gone. He's passed away. And as the days kind of unfolded, we would learn that not only did Darren pass away, but that he took his own life. And I know for many of you in our church, that was very hard for us. But for me, as a personal friend of mine, it was just devastating. I didn't understand it. It was confusing. And I can remember several moments where I'd be sitting in my living room. I'd be weeping, crying, not knowing what to do. And it just you just felt like, okay, I'm, I'm making it through this. An hour after I got that phone call, I had to call my leadership team. I had to then call our campus pastors, call our staff and inform them, let the church know about it. It was like, I just looked back and went, okay, I don't know how we did all of that, but the Holy Spirit carried, carried me through it. And I've been with so many of you through the loss of a loved one where you would just say the same thing. It's hard to even explain it, but, but, but God carried us when we couldn't, we couldn't do it ourselves. We didn't feel like we could get up and walk. And that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are, are there today and we're hurting. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. And it's a beautiful thing when we receive that grace and that comfort. And then, then he equips us to walk into situations where others are hurting to minister that same comfort to them. Are you hurting today? 
There's a very real person, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, that has a ministry of comfort for you. Third thing for us, when you're powerless, he empowers you. When you are powerless, the Holy Spirit empowers you. Uh, I was thinking about this aspect of the Holy Spirit the other day. I was working on a, ha- a project at my house and uh, putting some things together, and I had my screwdriver, and, and I get into this project, and I'm, a, I'm probably 20 minutes into it, and I'm screwing these screws in, and I'm like, you know what? This is going to take me the rest of my life if I continue to do it this way. I need, I need something better. I need a better tool. Have any of you ever tried to like unscrew a screw with your fingernail? Anybody ever tried to do that? It's like, it's, it's, it's not very comfortable and it's not very efficient, right? That's why I'm thankful for, right? The power tools, right? So I did, I went by, put my screwdriver down and I went and I got my drill and man, sure enough, in and out, right? We get it done. We do the project and we keep moving because when you have the right tool for the job, it goes by a whole lot faster. And, and there are many of us that we're walking through life right now and we're trying to, to, to navigate the purpose of our life and we're doing it with a screwdriver and God is like, hey, I've, I've got power. I can help you. I can empower you when you feel like you don't have power. And it's, it's impossible, right? It's impossible to do what God has called us to do without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And, and did you know that, that the Holy Spirit came and he brought power tools? Like there are situations, scenarios that we have. He's like, hey, I got something for you. You know, don't do that on your own. I've got a power tool. There's several different uh, verses, several different places where God describes the power that he wants to give us through the Holy Spirit. I think about uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 lists out some of those power tools. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, miracles, healing, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. You're like, well, what is that? What is interpretation? If you haven't been in a situation where you needed it, that's you, you probably don't know, but there are times that, that he will speak and, and he'll, he'll, he'll give you the tools that you need for situations that you need it. And, and, and some of you would go, well, does he still do that today? Like, does God still move in that kind of power today? And I can tell you out of our own experience here as a church, yes, he does. He continues to heal today. He continues to move in power. In fact, two weeks ago, at the end of services, I had just finished preaching, and, and a woman walked up to me, standing right down here. Her name was Carla, and I immediately recognized her when she came up and wanted to talk because I had first met her two years ago, and she came up to me at the end of one of our services, and she, she said, hey, I need prayer. Uh, my feet are just killing me. I've got plantar fasciitis in both feet. I've got issues with arches. I've got all kinds of stuff, and I work on my feet every single day, and she was just distraught. She was in so much pain. And she was like, can you pray that God would heal my feet? Now, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I don't, I don't have that superpower. Like I don't have that, you know, like healing superpower. I was like, um, yeah, I'll be happy to pray for you. I I don't have the ability to heal feet, but I know who does. And so let's just believe. And so she sat down in a chair and we took her feet into our hands and we prayed for her and just believe that God I mean, why do I believe that God would heal people? Well, because Jesus said he came to heal the sick, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. That's the ministry that Jesus is about. So I just continue to believe that he's still up for that. And so often when I'm praying, I'm thinking through my own lens of how many times that I've prayed for somebody and they haven't been healed, that I start to 
to process prayer through that lens, that's not a good lens to process. Let's process it through his intention and what God can do. So we prayed for her, prayed for her feet. I think it was my wife and I that were praying for her. And you know, she was very kind. She got up. She said, Thank you so much. It really meant a lot to me. And she left kind of, and she didn't say if she was any better or not. I was like, well, I hope, I hope that helped, you know, but three days later, she emails me and she says, Hey, I just got to tell you, I went back to work the next day. And she said, right away, I felt better, but I didn't want to say anything to you because I wasn't sure if that was just because I sat down. She said, the next day I worked a full shift, no foot pain. The next day I worked another full shift, no foot pain. I don't have any pain anymore. And yeah, it was awesome. I was like, oh, cool. Praise God. That's a power tool, right? That was, that was the Holy Spirit doing ministry. So she comes up to me two weeks ago and, uh, and it was awesome. She was sharing some of the journey that she's been through, went through some challenges in 2020, like many of us did, but she was talking to me about how excited she was about how God is moving in her life. She's tithing now and God has been blessing her financially. She serves on our dream team, multiple services. She's like, man, I just, God is, it's been so much more than just my feet. God really had so much more for me and she was super excited. And so she's getting ready to leave. And I was like, I want to ask her about her feet but I kind of don't because I don't want to know if, if you know, if, if, if they went, went back to the way they were. So I was like, hey, I got to ask you, Carlo, how are your feet? And she's like, oh, did I not tell you? I haven't had foot pain since. Not a single day since you prayed for me. My feet are great. No problems with my feet. And I share that with you to just share that, that God is still working today. God still heals. God still restores relationships. God still gives words of knowledge, wisdom. There are all kinds of ways that God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, wants to help us and empower us to do what he's called us to do. God still empowers us today. Some of you need to experience God's power today. Maybe you're in business and then you just feel like I don't have what it takes. I'm not sure what to do next. I need you know, God's power is not limited to physical healing. He can he can bring his power about in any situation in our life. So number four, when you're forgetful, he will remind you when you're forgetful. I like this one. Anybody else forgetful? I'm kind of forgetful at times. I wish I could just claim that every time I lose my keys. It doesn't always work in that way. But like, man, when you're forgetful, but here's how Jesus said it. He didn't say he would necessarily help you, you know, remember where you parked your car. Uh, but what he did say is he will help you remember what he has said to you before. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything that I have told you. I love that. The Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that Jesus has spoken over your life that you've forgotten. Anybody forget sometimes the sense of calling that you had, the times that he spoke that vision to you, the times that he's spoken out of your word. And I can't tell you how many times that I'll be in a scenario and, and God will bring about a verse, a passage of scripture a promise at just the right time, especially when I'm counseling one of you. That's not my greatest strength. I'm not a professional counselor, but there'll be times that I'll have somebody come into the office and, and I always start them the same way. The count, anytime I meet with somebody, it's okay, Lord, I don't know what's getting ready to, to come about in this room, but I know I don't have the wisdom for it. I know that I don't have everything I need to, to, to help guide this conversation. So we're asking you, Spirit, to bring truth, to bring guidance, to bring about the right and he always does. There will be a verse that I read earlier that day or earlier that month, and it'll be like, oh, that's why I read that verse. It's for you. And he'll remind us. That's one of the, the ministries of the Holy Spirit. You can, you can count on it. God will remind you of what 
he has said. Number five, when you are speechless, he will speak through you. When you are speechless, he will speak through you. I don't have time to go all into this. There are several different scenarios where Jesus said, hey, the Holy Spirit will speak on your behalf. Uh, in one case, he told the disciples, if you ever get arrested, you're getting ready to go to ministry. If you get arrested, again, not for a DUI, but for like uh, witnessing for Christ, he said, don't worry about what to say. He's going to give you the words that you need. He's going to give you the words that you need. When you're speechless, he's going to give you the words. There are times, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, it was like language barrier. And the Holy Spirit came and just broke the language barrier. They're able to communicate God's love for each other and God's love to one another. You know, there, there are times, have you ever been praying for somebody and really just not even known what to pray for or how to pray? I don't know what to do. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. See, when we don't know what to pray, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is praying on our behalf. And sometimes it comes about in, in, in grunts, or some people will speak in a prayer language uh, that maybe you've heard about speaking in tongues, and you go, well, is that for everybody? I don't, I don't know that it is. Uh, but I do know that I don't, I, I want any, any power tool that God will offer me. I'm open to that, right? And so it's like, man, God, however you want to do that. But there will be times that you're praying and that he will just give you, give you what to pray for. I, I mean, I'm so glad that he gives us words. There, I can't tell you how many times I've been on this platform. And I'll do multiple services throughout a weekend. But there will be one service that I'll have a prompting to say, say something that I didn't say before. And it's like, I'm not sure why, but I feel like I'm supposed to say this here, this now. And almost always, you get a, somebody that says, that was for me. You were reading my mail. And here's the truth. I'm not that good. No, that wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit connecting my preparation with exactly what you need for, for where you are. That's the Holy Spirit. When, when that light bulb goes off and it's like, oh, yeah, that's God. He's doing it for some of us even right now. He gives us the words. Number six, when you are sinful, he will correct you. When you are sinful, he will correct you. This one's not as much fun, but it's super important. John 16, 8, when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. When we are sinful, he will convict you. I am so glad that it is not my job to get up here and convict you of all of your sin. Frankly, there's a lot of it, even just in this service. There's a lot of sin. You guys come in with a whole lot of stuff. I can't even, I can't even do it if I was supposed to, right? But that's the Holy Spirit's job, to convict us of sin. And notice I said convict. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't condemn us of our sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. What's the difference? Conviction says, hey, I know this is wrong, and I know that there's better, there's more for my life. I don't want to live in this anymore. It's going to move us into a better future. Condemnation says, shame on you. Guilt, you shouldn't have done that. You're going to be defined by that. I'll give you an example. This, this past week, uh, the Holy Spirit did this for me. It convicted me of my sin. I was at a fire pit uh, hanging out with some friends of mine that are here in the church. And, and we were talking, had a great night, a couple hours just connecting. And, and during the course of that night, I said something 
around that fire pit that I should not have said. I just shouldn't have said it. What did I say? It's none of your business, okay? <laughs> Nothing nearly as bad as what many of you have said, most of you have said this week, but I said something I shouldn't have said it. The next morning, I'm driving to go speak to a group of high schoolers, and the passage that I was speaking on was James chapter 3, and it was about controlling your tongue. And so as I'm, as I'm driving and I'm praying, I just sense the Holy Spirit bring conviction into my life. It was like, hey, dude, that, that was wrong. You should not have said that last night. You should do something about that. And so I did. Immediately, I grabbed my phone. The numbers of the people that I knew that were around the fire pit, I sent a group text to them and just said, hey, when I said what I said last night, it was wrong. It was uncalled for. It was inappropriate. I shouldn't have said it. I'm sorry. And, uh, and it was great. They replied back, hey, dude, thanks, man. Didn't need to say that, but I'm glad you didn't. At the end of the day, it wasn't for them. It was because that's what the Spirit was telling me to do. But, you know, I also heard another voice. I heard a voice that said, what business do you have trying to tell these high school students to tame their tongue when you can't tame your own tongue? That wasn't the Holy Spirit. That was the enemy of my soul. That was condemnation. That was guilt. And thankfully, in that moment, I recognized the difference between the two. No, the, the Holy Spirit convicted, and it was productive. It led me to do something to turn away. But, but the, the garbage about God not being able to use me to speak to these students was not the Holy Spirit. It was from the pit of hell, and I just called it out for what it was. So, no, you have no business talking to me that way. I do because I'm a spirit-filled believer in Christ, and I can, God's word doesn't return void. So I can read James chapter 3 to these kids, and it's going to change their life, regardless of me, right? And so, so the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. I'll never forget at 18 years old, the first time he convicted me of, of sin, I came to know Jesus because he just was moving in a small group here at Seacoast. And, and I knew before anybody said anything, I just knew that God was moving in my heart. Something was going on, and it was like, man, I need to turn away from my sin and receive the free gift of salvation that Jesus offered. The Holy Spirit did that. Last thing for us, number seven. Hopefully this is helpful. Maybe there's one or two things that you've, you've been walking through that, that you need the Spirit's help. But number seven, when you are empty, he will fill you. This is probably my favorite. When you are empty, he will fill you. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. When you're empty, He wants to fill us. You know, most of us know what it feels like to be empty, right? And we also know what it feels like to try to fill that emptiness with stuff that can't fill us. Some of us will go try to fill that emptiness with success or with finances or with a business or with a relationship. Often, as this verse says, we go to, to, to try to fill it with, with wine or alcohol or something that will maybe numb the pain, something that will maybe make us feel a little bit better about ourselves and our own skin, whatever that might be. And he says, don't do that. Why? Because it, it doesn't fill you. In fact, it leads to debauchery. It leads you to do things that you never want. It leaves you feeling more empty than when you started. And, 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 and when we, we, we try to fill our void with something other than, than the Holy Spirit who can fill us, then it ultimately just leaves us feeling even more empty. I wonder if there's anybody that's here today and, and you're just feeling empty. It may be a very specific feeling about a specific area. 
Or maybe generally you've been waking up and you just haven't felt like you have purpose in life. You haven't felt like you, 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 you just don't feel full. And you go, well, Josh, I, I thought in my background, we, we were taught that you were filled with the Holy Spirit when you came to know Jesus and you accepted him as your savior. Yes, it's true. In fact, I prayed with a woman on Wednesday night at first Wednesday. She came up to me at the end of service and said, I, I want to be saved. And we prayed and she received Jesus. That doesn't happen without the Holy Spirit drawing you to that place of repentance. And it's a beautiful thing. And many of us have experienced that. Some are going to experience it today. But guess what? We leak. We leak. Yes, you, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. But that verse says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the, the tense that it uses there is, is I don't, I'm not an English major, but it's, it means to continuously be filled. It's not, hey, be filled on Tuesday, April 1st, 1942, and then you're a spirit-filled believer, and you can claim that for the rest of your life. No, he's saying always be filled. Always be filled. We leak. Life is hard. Life drains us. We go through hurts. We go through situations, and we, we feel like we're, we're on empty. We, we, we feel like we're trying to use a power tool, right, that worked really well when I needed it, but, but now... I've, I've, I've been out of church for a while. I haven't been praying. I haven't been really aware of God's presence. And I'm trying to do the things that I could do before, but there's no power because, because I'm on empty, because the battery's dead. And so is my drill bit. But today's another opportunity, right? To recharge, to refill. God, I want you to fill me today. I want to receive your power today. God, I need your guidance today. Would you fill me with your spirit? God, I'm hurting right now. I need your comfort. Would you fill me with your spirit? Would you immerse me with your spirit? You know, Jesus said to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to happen. And that, that, that phrase can throw a lot of us off. It's like, what does that mean? Baptism. When you're baptized in water, you're immersed in water. When you're baptized in the spirit, we're just immersed in God's presence. We're immersed with his power. How do you do it? How do you get that, that power in your life? It's really not very complicated. We ask. We believe. The Bible says that if you ask for anything in my name, Jesus said, according to my will, you can have it. So we just believe, God, you want to you fill me with your spirit? And then we receive it. And we wait. Just like the, Jesus said to the disciples, wait. We wait. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your prompting. I need your direction today. Would you fill me with your spirit? I'm going to pray for us here and at our campuses today. And I've been praying all week, knowing that I was talking about the Holy Spirit, knowing that we've got lots of different perspectives and, you know, uh, maybe some baggage that we've carried related to the Holy Spirit. But what I've been praying for is that we as his church, individually, collectively, that we'd be filled with his Holy Spirit. And I'm going to pray that he would fill us, that he would empower us. Here's what I don't expect to happen. I think there'll be probably people flopping around on the floor. Some of you have a background that was like, oh, you know, what does that mean? Maybe people catching people. At, no, I don't, I don't expect any of that. And, and I don't, also don't belittle any of that. Here's what I know is when God's power comes on our life, it can be very impactful. And, and you may have seen somebody react in a certain way. You don't know their story. In fact, I, I remember in a service, we were praying for somebody and he actually fell asleep while we were praying for him. And I was like, that is so weird. What is wrong? What's God spirit? What is your issue, man? Why would you do that? Well, he woke up about 10 minutes later and it turned out he had had tumors all over his body. 
and he hadn't had a full night's sleep in years, and he couldn't rest. And as we were praying for God's peace to come over him, and God's just abundant graciousness, he allowed this guy to go into a deep spirit-induced sleep. <laughs> and he told us, I feel I haven't felt this way in a long time. And it was like, oh, what looked really weird to me, really, uh, it's like such a, a grace gift from Jesus in that moment to this guy. And so, yeah, people have done different things and reacted. I don't expect any. I, I expect us to leave here being empowered, feeling a sense of boldness, feeling a sense of calling, and, 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 and being confident that regardless of the situation that we walk through, that we can trust and count on God's presence and his spirit to give us what we need for that moment. So would you guys pray with me? And as we do, I just ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads, and that's just for you to have a moment of kind of privacy with God. But if you're here today and you need the Holy Spirit in your life, I hope that's all of us. You need guidance. Maybe you're hurting. You need comfort. Maybe you need to be reminded of a promise that God spoke over you at some point in the past. You need God's power. You need to be filled. I would just ask you to do a real simple thing with me in your seat. Just hold your hands out. Just hold your hands out with your palms up. It's just a posture of receiving. It's just a posture of saying, God, I want to be filled with your, your presence, with your spirit. Father, today, we've talked about straight out of your word. It's about what you intend to do for us, how you intend to empower us, how you intend to comfort us. And Lord, for every scenario, every circumstance represented in this room at our campuses online, I just pray, Lord, that you would send your spirit, that you would fill us with your spirit. Lord, so many of us are just feeling like we're on empty today. Would you fill us with your power? Would you fill us with your love? Would you fill us with your grace? Would you fill us with your wisdom, your guidance, with your word? And God, may we be emboldened. May we be just super confident, Lord, that you have promised to go with us by the power of your spirit. You promised that you would never leave us or forsake us. And so, God, today, many of us, maybe we're being convicted of sin, and we just repent. Anything that has separated us from you, anything that has caused us not to be able to, to see you clearly, we just repent of that. And we pray, God, that you would fill us afresh and anew today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.